Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by the College Parent Survival Network, presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Ashley Dixon. Now, true to form in higher education, this introduction is filled with acronyms, so you've been warned. Ashley Dixon is the Recovery Program Coordinator for Tompkins Cortland Community College, which you will hear throughout this interview as TC3 for short, which is in upstate New York. Now, Ashley received their AAS in Chemical Dependency Counseling from TC3 in 2018, and then a BS in Human Services at SUNY Cortland in 2020. They are currently pursuing a Master's in Community Health at SUNY Cortland, Ashley began working with the TC3 AOD Prevention Coordinator prior to graduating and returned to continue volunteering time on prevention work. In January of 2019, Ashley was hired through an NYS AOSAS Collegiate Recovery Mini Grant to begin a Collegiate Recovery Community at TC3. Finding personal recovery from substance use in 2015, Ashley is passionate about promoting it to others as well as working against the stigma that people face. Their own identity as a non-binary person and queer sexuality has led to a passion that extends to advocacy in other areas as well, including gender and sexual identity, human rights, and racial disparity. Ashley regularly presents nationally on these topics and is enthusiastic about talking with anyone about them. So let's not wait any longer. Here's Ashley. Okay, Ashley, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So we're just going to dive right in. Why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners, where did you grow up and what what were you hearing in terms of expectations around post-secondary education for you from your family, as well as the larger community in which you were raised? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a very, very small town in upstate New York in the Finger Lakes region. Some people have heard of it. I grew up in Dryden, New York. It's a middle-class-ish area. My dad had a degree from Cornell University, which is right up the road from us. My mom had dropped out of college and had me. And everybody around me, their parents generally had some kind of higher education, but growing up, there was an expectation that like, of course, I'm going to go and get my bachelor's degree because that's what you do since we're middle class people, you go and you get your degree. But there wasn't a lot of talk around planning for that or what degree you're going to get or like how to figure out what you want to do when you grow up. So even in high school, there wasn't a lot around like future planning. It was just, you're going to apply to colleges, you're going to get in, and then you'll figure it out when you get there. And that was really the big, like, thing for me that really kind of stopped me up is like, why would I choose this if I have no idea where I want to go after that? Like, I I had no idea how to choose a major that fit in with what I wanted from myself and for my future. So that was really kind of the, the vibe at that time as I was growing up in the area. And that's so hard to process, right? Because here you are mature enough to like have that experience the cognitive dissonance, right? Like I, this is what I'm being told that I have to go do cause it's what you're supposed to do. But, but I also have the logic of like, how does this work or why would I do this if I don't know what I necessarily want to do? Yes, so exactly. here, here you are at this crossroads 
what did you end up doing? So I went to college because that was what you did. That's what one did. <laughs> so I was 18 and I graduated from Dryden High School and I went right up the road to Tompkins Cortland Community College. Fresh out of high school, I decided that summer that I wanted to go to school because that's what everybody wanted me to do. And my parents were like, if you don't go to school, then you need to get a job. And jobs don't pay well without an education. Uh, so I enrolled and I went to about three classes. And then I made a bunch of friends, primarily up in the dorms. And then I started drinking a lot. And I started messing around with drugs. And I made a lot of really intense friendships. And I partied. And I stopped going to classes. And by November, I dropped out. So I tried college for a couple of months at that time. And it just didn't work. It was, if anything, kind of the bridge to the next 10 years of my life, which were highly fixated on pretty severe substance use and alcoholism, which was, uh, I'm not saying if I hadn't gone to college, that wouldn't have happened. I think it would have. Uh, I think I was already headed in that direction, but it definitely facilitated connections that I would not otherwise have thought to make. Um, but yeah, so that was really, I, I tried it for, for a couple months. It didn't work out for me. And, and I went into the job market and I started working at anywhere that would hire me, gas stations, retail stores, grocery stores, whatever, made minimum wage, lived with my parents on and off, got kicked out of there a couple of times, moved in with friends on and off, spent a little bit of time homeless, you know, found some cheap apartments and, you know, had a horrible track record of paying rent and, and primarily focused my life around partying and making friends and, and trying to enjoy my life as a person who realistically was very poor, extreme poverty at times and, and had no real direction. So that was really my life up until I was about 27, 28 years old. So <laughs> it got really exciting and then it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you followed the path, right? Like, you, yeah. again, you did what everybody said that, I mean, said or or didn't say, but expected mm -hmm. you to do. And you did get a part of the college experience, just the social aspect. But it makes sense to me that you didn't show up for class because, again, why were you even in college in the first place when you didn't really know what you were studying? So now all of a sudden it's an extension of high school where you're just taking classes to yep. take classes. And of course you're not invested. Yeah. No, but I, I definitely didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I also just appreciate that you shared with that, that disclosure of like, you know what you like, don't know whether or not had you not gone to college initially, if you would have struggled with substance abuse. So I appreciate you being vulnerable and owning that. I think oftentimes folks do specifically say, you know, if I hadn't gone to college, none of this would have happened, especially those that are struggling with any type of substance abuse disorder. The reality is we don't know. We just yeah. don't know. So, so now you've experienced some extreme adversity, extreme oppression, and at the age of 27, like what, what was that crossroads? Where did things turn for you? So it was, it was interesting. So I, I had kind of been struggling to control mostly my drinking and it just wasn't working out, but I had at that point managed to 
have enough work experience and have enough personality to get myself positions that were like reasonably decent. You know, I was I was a manager at a couple of stores and I did a lot of co-managing and, you know, helped run some businesses. And that had put me in a position where I could afford an apartment, you know, and I could I could stay, you know, for a little while. And and at the time I was living with my best friend and one of their friends. And we had this beautiful three bedroom apartment. We had two cats. We had food in the fridge. I had a really good job. We were really doing okay. And then my, my drinking took a little bit more control and, you know, some, some trauma from the past popped back up and I was trying to deal with that. And, and I was also trying to not use substances other than alcohol. And that was really, really hard for me because I, I spent a lot of time trying to escape my own brain. So it got to a point where I couldn't pay rent again this was not new to my best friend, but they were done. They were done helping. They were done enabling, not helping. They were done enabling me. Um, so what it came down to was they said, you should go move in with your parents because they're willing to take you right now. And, and you need to figure this out. Like you need to get sober because I can't keep watching you do this to yourself. It affected them. It affected me. It affected everybody around me. At that point, I had a 16-year-old sister that I hadn't really had a conversation with in almost 10 years. I had a brother. My brother was uh, probably 14 at the time, and he didn't even really know that I was his sister. I was just somebody who showed up every once in a while. So it was kind of a, an opportunity to reconnect with my family and also to figure myself out. And what my best friend said was, you pick a meeting a 12-step meeting in Ithaca, and I will take you to it every single week, and you will not miss a single one, or I will burn the rest of your stuff, <laughs> which means a lot to somebody who has substance use issues. Like, I was like, please don't throw away my stuff. I might need to sell that later. So, so I picked a meeting, and they took me to my first NA meeting in January of 2015. I think I was about to turn 28. I don't do the math at this point now that I'm over 30. I just don't think about it. <laughs> so, so January uh, 28th, 2015, they took me to my first meeting and I lurked outside and somebody from the meeting saw me and was like, are you here for this? And I was like, I think so. And she was like, no, then you're here for this. And I went in and I cried the entire time quietly to myself in the corner while I listened to people talk about me. <laughs> even though they were really just talking about themselves. And and then I kept going to meetings. And that first year, I managed to stay sober. And I got my life together. And I stayed with my parents. And it was horrible in all of the ways it needed to be. <laughs> and, and I never want to do it again. But God, I appreciate them so much for that. And, and I started to really kind of reconnect with who... I wanted to be and who I think I was supposed to be all along. And it was really like 12 step was a really pivotal part of that. Having my best friend say, I'm taking you to every single meeting once a week, like it's happening. There's no way out of it. And having my parents be willing to support me for a little while while I figured my stuff out. All of that really was, that was what 28 was, <laughs> was figuring all of this stuff out that I should have, you know, that I felt like I should have had figured out at 18, but didn't, you know, and, and since then, 
I've really kind of become okay with like, sometimes it takes people a different amount of time. So, I mean, I quit the job that first year that I had, I had a decent job, but I ended up leaving it because I decided I wanted to go back to school. I found a part-time job at a very, very cool bookstore that I loved working at throughout my undergrad. And I went back to TC3 at 28 years old and this time had a direction. Like I had been through, are we allowed to curse on this podcast? Yes, be yourself. I I had been through some shit. (laughs) (laughs) I had been through some serious shit and most of it I had done to myself and some of it I hadn't, but like ultimately I, I knew that I wanted to help other people not have to go through the same amount of shit <laughs> that I had to go through to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And and so I, I came back to college, and this time there was a degree program that made sense for me and could be done mostly online so I could still have a job and, and could be an adult learner. And, and that turned into a two-year applied associate's degree in chemical dependency counseling, which is the field I have stayed very close to. Recovery is very important to me. It's a huge part of my life. It is the part of my life that that everybody knows about, that I am not quiet about at all, ever. And that turned into transferring to the State University of New York in Cortland and getting my bachelor's in human services, which I just graduated with last December. And that turned into applying for grad school. (laughs) So now I'm at grad school at SUNY Cortland for community health. And none of that would have happened if my best friend hadn't said you need to find a meeting and you need to move in with your parents. So that's, that's the short version. (laughs) Yeah. And kudos to your friend too, right? Because we, we all have that one person in our life who has to actually often, whether it's a family member, a friend, like you coworker, you name it, somebody has to take a stand. And like you said, it's not helping it's enabling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know how hard it was for them. And like, I'll cry if I talk too much about it. Like I love this human so much. I have known this person for, I don't know if I said their name yet, Chantel. I have known Chantel for 30 years at this point. Like this is a lifelong friend and it sure was not Chantel's job to fix me or to help fix me, but they did it. And that is a beautiful thing that certainly at the time I didn't think I deserved. And now I'm starting to see like, this is when you love somebody and care about them. This is a normal thing you do because you care. And that's a beautiful thing. And now I can do that for other people. Like I Mm -hmm. knew I made it when I moved into an apartment and Chantel was prepping to move to Seattle. They live in Seattle now, of course I was, they were getting ready to move. And I was like, Hey, if you need a place to chill, to crash, to save some money before you move across the country away from me, why don't you come stay? And I was able to offer that to them. And that is not something I have ever been able to offer anybody. It's like a secure (laughs) place to live. So that was like, that was the kind of like turnabout that I was like, yes, I've done it. (laughs) I'm a real person again. Oh, yes, that's that's when you know you're you finally made it. (laughs) You're listening to the Success is Subjective podcast, and I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. As a reminder, if you've missed any past episodes, you can catch them on Apple Podcasts. My guest today is Ashley Dixon. 
So holy cow, your like lifelong friend moves across the country. And yet here you are like screaming from the rooftops, right? Like you are a person in recovery. You not only want to share your story, but you also want to make sure that your, your, your purpose and passion, that calling for you is to help other people that are in kind of a similar boat. So now you're in grad school. Congratulations. That's like so amazing. I'm curious really quick too, because I know that we've spoken before and you've shared with me kind of some of the roles that you have currently. Why don't you tell the listeners, like, what are you doing for work while you're a student? So we can hear a little bit more about that. And then I've got a loaded question that I want to ask. Fabulous. Yeah, so now I have the amazing opportunity to work at Tompkins Cortland Community College, the college I dropped out of and then came back to with a horrible GPA and managed to graduate with a decent one. And and now I get to work here. While I was a student here, I met amazing human beings and the program I was in was really, really excellent. And I ended up connecting with the AOD prevention, alcohol and other drug prevention professional here and interned with her. And then we started talking about what would a collegiate recovery program look like at a community college in upstate New York. And then we got a grant (laughs) and then I got hired and now it's been almost three years. (laughs) And I am the Tompkins Cortland collegiate recovery program coordinator, which is a hell of a mouthful, (laughs) but it is like beyond, you know, people in 12 step programs talk about life beyond your wildest dreams and people with years of recovery will say, you know, I never expected this to be what life beyond my wildest dreams. Like if you'd asked me when I was 28, I would not have said working at a college and programming (laughs) for a, a program like you would, I would never have guessed that, but here I am. And It is incredible that I get to run this program and I work with non-traditional students. So students just like me, a lot of them are formerly incarcerated. A lot of them are in recovery just like me. And then I also get to work with our traditional age students and, you know, they're 18, 19 years old and they're coming into college and it's a heck of a place, (laughs) you know, and, and the, the party atmosphere in that culture in college is still present. It's still a cultural expectation that you go to college and you party, you know, Mm. and so helping students find a healthy balance, that's really a big thing for me. I'm a big proponent of harm reduction, which can be very controversial, Mm -hmm. controversial, pardon me, but I still feel like that's very important. So a lot of the work I do is around like, how can you be successful for you? And what, what does it take? And what can I do to give you those tools so that you can do this for yourself, because that's really what I needed. And it worked really well, you know, and sometimes people need a little more, but I'm here for that too. So that's really what I, what I do on my day to day is a lot of programming and planning support meetings and working with students one-on-one. And it's a beautiful thing. You really have the coolest job. I really do. I really do. (laughs) So here, here's the loaded question then. Do you see yourself as successful? That is a loaded question. You're not kidding. I do. I do. For many, many reasons. I think it's pretty successful that I am alive and in recovery and relatively healthy and very, very happy. I'm not the successful that 18-year-old me would have thought is successful, but I 
am doing good. You know, I'm, I'm stable and I have a fantastic support network of people around me who just love me to pieces. I'm engaged now. I'm going to be getting married next year. We're talking about buying a house and having a kid. Like these are things that I never, never saw for myself. And then as I was aging, kind of just wrote off as like, oh, I don't get to do that anymore because mm. I, I lost my opportunity in the 10 years that I was not present in my own life. So yeah, I, I see myself as successful. I see myself as still growing, but I'm successful in the things that I am doing right now. And I'm very proud of that. Well, good. you know, you have to be proud, right? Like, I, I appreciate that you just said too, that you've you said like, oh, I missed my opportunity, right? Just because at the age of 19, you weren't doing what other, in quote, other 19-year-olds are supposed to be doing. The reality is everybody's journey is so different. Yes. So look at all those things that are happening in your yeah. life, in your 30s. It's 30s dot, dot, dot. Some, yeah. some time, like the 30s are the best. <laughs> I, I never would have guessed it in my 20s. I was like, no, no, no. The 20s are where it's at. But now that I'm in my 30s, I feel like I can do anything. And now I have like all the tools to actually do anything. <laughs> right. And Good you stuff. also have, you have the tools, not just for yourself, but you have the ability to also share those with other people, yes, which is absolutely. so profound. So speaking of, what what's a piece of advice that you would give to a young person who's kind of at this crossroads? And realistically, like I, I tend to, when I'm interviewing every guest, I'm always like reflecting back on, you know, a pivotal point in their journey. For you, it seems like there's there were like three pivotal points, right? The like almost, you know, high school senior questioning why you would take this journey, the new college freshman, you know, like trying out to what you're supposed to be doing and then just like totally really like exploding right imploding yeah. in that college experience and then the like lost 20s yeah. so regardless of of any of those like time periods and transition points just in general what advice would you give to a young person who is struggling with their emerging adult experience yeah absolutely and again it's controversial but like my big thing is take your time, allow yourself to take the time to figure it out. I mean, we're seeing people across the world now starting to learn, you know, learn new ways to express themselves and be more open about who they are. And what we're learning from that, that I'm super obsessed with, with my minor in English literature is this like rejection of heteronormative cultural values you know, you do not need to go to college at 18 and graduate at 21 and get married at 23 and have kids at 25. Like, screw that. You don't have to do that. And if you need to take a little extra time to figure out what you want to do, do it. You know, I often see students come in who are asking, you know, I don't know what my major should be. I've already changed my major twice. And it's like, change it again, dude. Change yeah. Change 18 more times. You got all the time <laughs> in the world. You got all the time. There's no such thing as last 20s as long as you are doing what works for you. And that's mm. that's the, the biggest thing for me is just keep keep trying things until it works. You got time. Oh, yeah. I love that. I stink and love that. <laughs> okay, so how can people connect with you? Fabulous. So they can email me. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me right off the bat. And my email is a pain in the butt. My apologies. But it is A as in Ashley, F as in Faye, D as in Dixon, 004 at 
tompkinscourtland.edu. There is a P in Tompkins, but I'll let you all look it up and find out. <laughs> You're also welcome to follow mostly my cats on Instagram. <laughs> my Instagram handle is Ashley underscore of underscore the underscore books. I love to keep people on their toes. Uh, and you're also welcome <laughs> to follow our Instagram for the health and wellness center that I work under. And that Instagram is underscore period TC wellness. And we oh. post all sorts of fun stuff on there. Awesome. And we'll make sure. So for anybody that's listening, all of these, you, you don't need to take out your pen and paper right this second. Um, we will make sure that all of that's listed in the show notes so you can easily access it and then reach Ashley directly. So thank you so much for taking the time to actually not just shoot, like shoot the shit with me, but really share your story, but also be super direct and vulnerable and honest about your experience. I think your your journey, especially some of the things that you even just said in terms of advice and guidance from your own experience and what you're giving is going to resonate very loudly with a lot of people listening, both young adults th themselves, adult learners, and parents of young people that are struggling. So thank you so much for sharing your story. And I certainly hope that you get hit up by a lot of them to just reach out and say, Ashley, help. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to hear from people. it for this week's success is subjective episode stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their very personal story with the world you can follow me joanna on instagram at lily consulting and on facebook at lily consulting llc most importantly though check out the resources link on my website at lilyconsulting.com and that's l-i-l-l-e-y consulting.com or you can just search on google for lily consulting you can also download and subscribe to listen to the success is subjective interviews on any popular podcast app such as apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, soundcloud spotify stitcher and tune in radio make sure you check out the show notes where you'll find contact information, website details, links to articles, and all social media for our guest. Once again, thank you to parenttrainers.com for sponsoring this podcast series. And thank you, our listener, for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it. <laughs>